One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. It's a Saturday night upload because it's the insight. We've just watched Newcastle against Arsenal. A bit of a throwback match. Loads of tackles flying in. Fans practically on the pitch. And Jamal Lascelles standing out, which uh, I don't think we would have written that script at the start of the season. No disrespect to him. I've got Raj with me. We haven't got a third person today because me and Raj have gone. We've got to do this Saturday night. People are out enjoying their fireworks. Let's talk Newcastle-Arsenal. As always, Raj, I'll come to you first overriding thoughts on that game? Yeah, I thought it was a very entertaining game, mainly because of the tempo of the match. Newcastle at St. James, they always make it a fast-tempo game. Arsenal try to slow it down a bit, but they're always going to get drawn into that, uh, just because that's the way Newcastle play, and they kind of lure you into that tempo. Uh, I thought the quality wasn't the best, especially in the final third. Chance creation, very limited. I don't think both sets of players... Didn't have their best kind of they had their best technicians missing, the likes of Erdegaard missing, uh, Alexander Izak missing for Newcastle. So it did lead to a bit of a stalemate in terms of chance creation, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Completely agree in the sense of technically the game wasn't one of those games that we're maybe used to when you see some of the teams in the top four battling it out. And also with Arsenal, generally, they tend to keep the ball a lot better, which we're going to talk about. Um, what I found fascinating was, and Newcastle do this really well actually at St. James's Park they make the game about them rather than the opposition. So more often than not, even the Liverpool game earlier this season went down to 10 men and end up winning it via Darwin Nunes. But most teams that go to St. James's Park, you're often playing Newcastle's type of football match. So I think let's talk about Newcastle first because I think it's only fair that they won the game um, and Arsenal lost the game. And we'll talk about Arsenal plenty of times this season, but we will talk about them in this episode as well. What did you make of Newcastle tactically? It's interesting how you say that Newcastle play the game and make you play the game on their terms because I think there is some specific things that they do to to enable that. So firstly, what they do is they like to block the middle of the pitch. So Eddie Howe played kind of a 4-5-1 defensive shape today, blocked that middle with a block of five, funneled the ball out wide. And then when, they, when the opposition play the ball out wide, that's when they jump on you. So you get the winger, the fullback, the eight, all boxing you into one flank winning the ball back with the high press and then switching it quickly, again, at a very high tempo to the other side, to the other flank, getting a 2v1 on the other flank, 
getting a cross in, loading the box with runners. And that's how they look to create chances. Very simple, but very effective. And they love doing it when they win it with that Joe Linton kind of press, uh, Dan Byrne there. Um, and who was the left wing today? Um, it was Anthony Gordon, wasn't it? They, they did that quite a bit, those three. And then they got it down to the other flank of Almiron and Trippier overlapping, whipping the crosses in. That actually led to the best chance of the game for Anthony Gordon in the first half. So, as you say, they're making you play on their terms and they do it with those kind of specific tweaks in, the, in their pressing structure. I love that, like, um, football's advanced so much that we're talking about inverted fullbacks. We're talking about um, midfielders dropping in to play as a centre-back. You talk about centre-backs coming in to play as midfielders. You talk about wingers coming in and playing as inside forwards. You talk about force, all these things. I, I actually think, and I mean this in a respectful way, if Eddie Howell, Jason Tindall especially, listens to this, Jason Tindall will be fuming that I'm saying Newcastle have basic tactics. But because the game's become so complex, actually simplifying it to this level, like you just describe like down to a T um we're actually seeing like the benefits of not having to stick to a certain system we've said this before about Newcastle they're really adaptable really flexible often the changes they make uh advance their game rather than sometimes managers make changes and it makes it makes you think they lose shape we've spoken about Newcastle saying they'll play in a mid block and actually press really high sometimes and occasionally like in this game I'd say they'd sit in deep and try and hit you on the counter and for the most part, as as you just said, there is long switches. Is trying to play, trying to play the game diagonal, like in diagonals, essentially. Um, and I, what I've also found with say teams like Arsenal that come to Newcastle and struggle more often than not, they struggle because not only are the crowd on top of you. We'll talk about psychology in a second, but the opposition psychology just crumbles at the hands of Newcastle style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite on, and I think you saw that for the goal. You saw Fabian Share put that pass over the top to Joe Linton. Initially, this is where you have to get the balance right. You need to be aggressive enough to win your duels, but calm enough to not lose your head in this white-hot atmosphere and style of play. So you saw for that goal, Saliba didn't win the aerial duel. And then Gabriel lost his head completely when the ball came off Joe Linton, tried to hack at the ball to clear it. Uh, and then it led to the, to, to the uh, controversial Newcastle goal. So you need to get your temperament right to respond to this quick, direct style of football. Um, and yeah, that is what rattled Arsenal for that goal, in my opinion. I also think um, with Gabriel in this particular situation, he's your bruiser of a centre-back. I think, I don't know if you agree, and we're not going to overanalyze this goal, but he's got to win that duel against Joel Linton. <laughs> you can't lose that. As, a, as your big centre-back, if Joel Linton gives you a nudge, people are saying it might be a foul, even if it is a foul, I don't think a man of his size can just get shoved. No, I think he's probably tried to buy that foul. But you don't do that in those kind of dangerous situations. You've got to read that a lot better. That's going to be a goal if the ref doesn't give a foul. You should be recognising that and putting everything into the challenge. And that's where he's come up short. It might have been a foul, might not have been. But don't let the referee have a decision. You can head that clear, if you, as you say, if you're strong enough and big enough to head that away. Um, and yeah, I think Gabriel and Saliba, in my opinion, are in different tiers of talent. Saliba for me was fantastic today other than just not winning his aerial duels occasionally I think he swallows up ground duels excellent at dealing with runs in behind unlike Gabriel and also on the ball he's kind of calm under pressure I've rarely seen him lose his head I think he is the second best defender or second best centre-back in the Premier League after Virgil van Dijk I would uh, obviously agree but it's two Liverpool fans talking I feel like Arsenal fans might have him first Um, just very quickly back to Newcastle you just said something there about Gabriel winning that duel. I think a lot of Newcastle fans, and if we had one here, would say, yeah, but that comes from 
us being relentless in getting the ball out wide and then Joe Linton arriving into the box, having just been tripped and getting back on his feet and then Anthony Gordon being in the right situation. For a lot of football fans, and I read this all over Twitter when the goal went in, people were saying they play shit football. It's so jarring to watch Newcastle play. Like People are actually like going, it's tactically basic. It's, it's just an aggressive team. It's someone, I saw someone tweet saying, this is just a Sean Dyche team with better footballers. Uh, that's a shocking opinion for me. Newcastle are a refreshing change to modern football. Quick vertical attacks after winning the ball back high at the pitch. They bomb men forwards into the box. It's high tempo stuff. I think in a world where we've become obsessed with control, ball retention, all that kind of thing, and with Pep and Arteta, I think we need Eddie Howe's Newcastle United flying at the top of the Premier League. And it's been, uh, I think it's a, it's very good to see a different style of football succeeding. It's super refreshing to hear that from you because uh, your audience will be going, hold on a minute, these tactics aren't that interesting. <laughs> um, but I, I like, I think when we've ended up in this funnel where people are going, I love watching Pep Guardiola's Man City. And, I, and now even Arsenal this season, I would argue, have become a bit more boring. I think they're trying to keep hold of the ball a little bit more. They're trying to suffocate teams in their half. And that is part of the reason why I think they struggle today because you can't, suffocate Newcastle they, they they're not a side that are going to just get penned in and not be able to deal with it and Arsenal are quite lucky actually there's no Harvey Barnes today for example who and or uh, uh Isak as well who can hit you on the counter so the counter was actually a lot more gentle than it normally is um let's let's have a little word on Arsenal just one more thing they're on gonna that, be... um with the Newcastle thing that wasn't their best 11 far from it Sven Botman missing very good mm. ball playing centre-back he hits you even more directly in dangerous ways. He's quite similar to Van Dijk and how he can switch the ball. Isaac links it up nicely and lets you kind of sustain a bit more pressure in the final third and then plays those passes out to the flanks. And obviously, Sandro Tonali missing. So they've had a lot of key absences there. And they've come in with a pretty untechnical midfield, Gimaresh aside. Wilson, who doesn't really drop in like Isaac does. And they've still hurt Arsenal. I, I managed to stay very competitive in the game. You you just uh, triggered my mind there to look at the subs that came on. Matt Ritchie for Jacob Murky, Murphy. Jacob Murphy came on. Uh, Joe Willock and Liveramento. Like, yes. If you said at the start of the season, them four come on in a game against Arsenal, you're going, oh, Arsenal are going to win this game. What I will say on that one, Rambo, is Liveramento, I think, is a top-tier talent. I think his injuries have really stopped the discussion being around him. But I thought he came on against Martinelli and pretty much pocketed him. He's got that. He's basically what I call a balanced fullback. He's very good and, and aggressive in his defensive uh, situations, but he's also got a nice uh, delivery on him when he gets to the final third and can dribble as well. So I see a very bright future for Tino Livermento. Just looked at his stats. Duels won in the game, five out of seven. That's outstanding. Against Martinelli, wow. that's like... Some people may go, oh, he should win seven out of seven because he played defensively. But against Martinelli, it's, Martinelli will give you the runaround. He, he gives yeah. any, any fullback a runaround. And, and towards the end, Martinelli actually ended up getting really wound up and he was throwing himself into challenges. Um, yeah. Just on that, actually, as I said, we were talking about Arsenal. Um, and I always bang, about, bang on about Granite Xhaka. And I think it's time that people will look at this fixture. And a lot of people look at this fixture and go, Granite Xhaka would have made this worse for Arsenal. He would have been two or three times more aggressive. I actually think the later development years of Granite Xhaka are Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Especially under Arteta. One, not only was he better in possession than what Arsenal have at the moment, and we are going to talk about left-sided eight, right-sided eight. Um, Also, I actually think he's one of the best at controlling temperament in those really volatile atmospheres he's actually someone that loses his head when you don't need to like away from home against red star belgrade <laughs> or even at home that's when he loses it generally speaking in those big difficult games that's when you need granite jack and i still think arsenal have not replaced the footballer or the mentality there were so many times in the second half arteta's pointing to his head to every single player and i just think there's certain players that see that from a gaffer and go okay that that is what this means Fabio Vieira was throwing in a foul throw with six minutes of added time still left to go. I just think Granite doesn't allow those moments to happen. And you see that. Guess who was the captain today? Can you can you can you guess who it was? Bloody hell. There we go. Um I should add. I have no idea actually. Jorginho. And he's been at yeah, the club for six months. That shows there's a bit of a leadership void there, Arsenal. Obviously, Odegaard is the captain now. But Granite Jacob wasn't captain, but he was that lead head on the pitch really uh, and as you say I think he gets an unfair rep in terms of his temperament also just on Jorginho I think he actually did feed into those problems that Newcastle caused with their high press and funneling attacks towards the flanks Jorginho doesn't provide really immense central progression he he, he, he completed lo- one long pass during the whole game he'll keep the ball but he won't progress it through the middle and hurt teams and that means you funnel to the flank and that feeds into the Newcastle press and you get robbed in those areas, which we talked about earlier. Um, and I think that was a problem. And I think Declan Rice, in my opinion, needs to play six. Uh, he was very good today at ball carrying and destroying attacks. But I think he needs to play six in terms of getting that central progression back into the team. But contrast, Bruno Gimenez, who I wouldn't say is a six, but he played as a six today, uh, completed six out of eight long passes. So there's there's seven times better than Jorginho, uh, which I think is that is a worrying area for Arsenal. I said we talk about left side of eight. uh, Sorry, further contrast. um, Declan Rice completed four out of six. So even he's like as playing as a left side of six is completely more. May even go and look at Kai Havertz, but it might not support the point as well. Kai Havertz, um, where is it? He 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 doesn't even have a zero. (laughs) Zero out of zero. Um, so maybe not. Let's um, this left-sided eight position, stroke right-sided eight. Rice played there today, and Kai played the other side. I actually thought Kai Havertz had one of his better games, to be honest. Um, but I do think they still got a big problem there. Yeah. So I think the tactic was obviously when the attacks did get funneled to the flanks by Newcastle, Arsenal then went a bit longer to Enketia and Havertz as the right-sided eight, because obviously both of those guys are quite good in the air. They could hold it up, and it did have some success. But I think we saw the same old playmaking issues for Arsenal uh, with that left side in number eight position. Um, and I think last season, Arsenal worked so well because they had round pegs in round holes in all of that front five or front six. So you had Saka on the right with his playmaking, White overlapping, Erdegaard dropping uh, to provide the playmaking quality. Left side of eight was all about Granite Xhaka. Granite Xhaka could drop 
behind the play and spread play, manipulate an opposition team's defensive structure. He could get in behind on an overlap of Martinelli. He could underlap and get into the box. Um, and Martinelli then fed off that and adjusted his position accordingly. So everything was balanced about Arsenal's uh, front six. But now you're seeing how one position can really affect the whole team fluency of the attacking play. And that's happened with the left side of the eight position. He's tried Havertz there, hasn't worked. He's tried Fabio Vieira there, hasn't worked how he prefers playing off the right angles. Um, and now we tried Declan Rice there. And Declan Rice individually had a good game, but he's not that profile who will manipulate the mm. team's block. And that was important today because Newcastle dropped into that 4-5-1, five across the middle, and Arsenal couldn't manipulate it. They couldn't get men in between the lines in that left-sided area. So Rice is, de- is not decent in, in terms of on the half turn and picking the ball between the lines. And he doesn't either drop behind play and spread play or kind of smash passes through, which will feed Martinez runs in behind. So there's a distinct lack of playmaking quality in that position, and it's hurt. Uh, Arsenal's attacking play and I think you saw the only chance they had in the second half really was a Rice header Rice got it from a quick combination play from the flank fed Martinelli's running behind and then mm. Martinelli hit a cross and it went to Rice who headed it narrowly wide there's just not been enough of that kind of play from Arsenal this season and it comes down to one kind of misprofiling of who's playing the left side of the eight position a lot of people have spoken about the left side of the eight position a lot of people and, and us, us as well on the inside have said um, something's not right with Arsenal this season compared to last season. They were definitely more interesting to watch, but generally speaking, something's just not quite hit into place. And I think that is one of the areas. Obviously, injuries, people say Gabriel Jesus was missing, Erdegaard was missing. I fully hear that. Uh, but then Newcastle are also missing four or five players. So yeah. um, I think there's a solution to it, though. And I think we haven't seen it from Arteta. I would either play Zinchenko as a left-sided eight, and then you've got mm. Tomiyasu can play left-back or Kivior can play left-back. Zinchenko's passing range when he comes behind play is very good. He's got switches, he's got line-breaking passes. So I think he would be much better in terms of manipulating a team structure. Uh, Or you've got Erdegaard, who can come over to the left side of the eight role and you put a Vieira or Smith-Rowe in the right side of the eight position instead. Um, I think Erdegaard is also comfortable from the left. You've seen in that goal in midweek, they scored against West Ham, the consolation goal. Erdegaard struck that from the left-hand side of the box. And I've seen him do that Mm. for Norway as well. I think one of those two, Erdegaard, Erdegaard left-sided eight or Zinchenko left-sided eight, needs to happen in these next few games. I'm super curious to see what he does because he's tinkering with that midfield three over and over again. And the worry is, and obviously we're only talking strictly tactics here, uh, but City, who people are saying are not right, we've said they're not right, are now three points clear of Arsenal. And we're going, City are not right. <laughs> I mean, let's um, say City aren't right from their standards, but that's still world class. And the worrying thing now, just as a segue, is Jeremy Doku looking absolutely uh, phenomenal today. And it wasn't just about his 1v1 dribbling as it was in previous matches. It's the decision making. He didn't actually overly dribble today. He stopped himself and played some cutbacks to, to other players. And that's the classic t- tactic. That is dangerous for the rest of the Premier League. What, what I'll say it's, about that. it's scary hours now. Um... And we're on game week 11. This is why I'm, I'm sort of sat there going, I also have to get it right soon. Um, because if you don't, or if you're still tinkering until game week 15, City could be seven or eight points clear and you will not catch them. That's just how how the cookie crumbles. Um, before before we head off, um, any other thoughts on this game? Yeah, can I give some Kieran Trippier prop? I think because <laughs> of the vast array of English right-backs out there, I think Trippier goes heavily under the radar. I think... His build-up quality is very underrated. He gets pressed in his own half, and he often very calm under pressure at playing out. 
his quality in the final third. He can cross it. We saw a few chances coming up today. He's also got a few passes in his locker as well. He's good at playing it down the line to Almiron. He's good at finding the right side of eight in the half space. So, yeah, and defensively, I think he's come on leaps and bounds. He went to Atletico Madrid. Diego Simeone seems to have worked something on him defensively. So he was getting roasted for Spurs in 1v1s and mm-hmm. with passes over the top of him, things like that. But now he's steady as a rock defensively. So, yeah, Kieran Trippier is my shout as, a, as one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. I um I, th- I think there's the Diego Simeone point is nailed on. Um, I remember before he left Spurs, if I'm not wrong, and Spurs fans can correct me, I'm pretty sure he was like one of those players, like they're treating Eric Dyer now. Like people are going, like we have to get rid of this guy. He's he's a virus. He's a terrible footballer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and fast forward however many years it is, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but now we're looking at one of the most complete right backs in the country. Um, and it's interesting for Newcastle, you also touched on Livermento. Two right backs in the same episode both play um, for uh, Newcastle. Just a word on Ben White while we're talking about right backs. He's got to close that cross down. Um, I think, apart from generally speaking, Arsenal were actually dealt with the aggressive side of the game pretty well because they've got these uh, meaty monsters, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> the problem they had was both fullbacks for that particular goal made very sloppy. Soft errors. Tommy Asu firstly tries to clip Joe Linton, pulls his leg out of the way, then ambles to the back post, allows Joe Linton to run on Gabriel, which I just think better left backs close that space down. And then Ben White doesn't bother closing the cross down. And your two softer players or weaker players, if you like, have just allowed a goal to happen. Um, but overall, uh, great win for Newcastle. Poor result for Arsenal, but I have just looked at their next four games. Uh, Burnley, Brentford, Wolves, Luton. So he has got four games to try and rectify this potential left eight position. Uh, and I will say this again. I actually think Kai Havertz had a decent game today. People, are, He's getting peppered on social media. I've got my tweets open now and people are killing him. But leave the man alone. I thought he was all right. Um, for those of you listening uh, on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get the podcast, make sure you follow the podcast. We've got a crazy run of episodes coming the usual tuesday uploads the insights some bonus insight episodes some bonus weekly episodes as well um and uh, keep an eye out on the no rains pod social handles because the clips and everything will be going live on there and a couple of announcements coming your way too uh, i hope if you're listening to this on saturday you have a wonderful saturday evening and if you listen to this on sunday same again uh, or anytime to be honest have a great day great evening and uh, we'll see you next time Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.